1: Will the real Edmonton Oilers please stand up? Welcome back to Frankly Speaking, presented by Betway. If you're going to place a bet, bet on Betway. Ontario only, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. My guest this week is new Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch, who has been drinking from a fire hose in his first five weeks behind an NHL bench. What a season it's been. We visited oil country during September with Stanley Cup or bust aspirations, asking Ken Holland whether he's allowed himself to dream about what it would be like to end his Hall of Fame career with a fifth Stanley Cup in the final year of his deal. My focus is on the 23-24 team. Well, Holland must have aged 10 years over these last four months. Forget about the Stanley Cup. His Oilers are in a dogfight just to make the playoffs.
0: Like, this is crazy how they're playing and how awful it is and how far they are behind the eight ball already.
1: Edmonton fell out of the gate with a 2-9-1 and record. And at one point, after losing to the once-winless San Jose Sharks, were neck-and-neck neck for 32nd place and dead last in the NHL. And they hold on to beat the Edmonton Oilers 3-2 in regulation. And now the
0: Sharks are all even in the points with the Oiters in the standings. Both teams have
1: five this season. They couldn't buy a save in net. 6-1. Brock Besser has four goals tonight for the Vancouver Canucks. Their historically lethal power play. Was powerless. We'll see. Uh, the orders uh, spent today working on special teams because their uh, power play right now is shooting blanks. Connor McDavid was playing hurt. The player who lapped the league last year was inexplicably tied for 126th in scoring through the first month of the season. The
0: Oilers are in free fall, and their biggest star, Connor McDavid, has not looked like the Rocket Richard winner or the Hart Trophy candidate that we're all used to seeing from him
1: they officially reached Our Pets' Heads Are Falling Off stage.
2: Our Pets' Heads Are Falling Off!
1: So Holland took action. 18 months into a five-year, $25 million contract, goaltender Jack Campbell was placed on waivers and demoted to AHL Bakersfield, where he's remained. I don't know
0: if they had hopes that Jack Campbell would find his game, but I'm sure you guys have seen it. It's worse
1: in the American Hockey League. His stats are a disaster. And on November 12th, after a win in Seattle, the Oilers fired coach Jay Woodcroft.
0: Emergency episode. Jay Woodcroft has been relieved of
1: his duties as Oilers head coach. Despite winning multiple Stanley Cup playoff rounds in just one full season at the helm, Woodcroft paid the price for the Oilers' calamitous start. John Merrill will slow the pace down and the Oilers have waved the white flag. It's been a bad year for head coach job security. Five NHL coaches have been axed in the first three months of the season. The truth is, frankly speaking, has been the kiss of death. Recent guests Holland, Doug Armstrong, and Bill Guerin have all fired their coaches shortly after their appearances on the pod. And as I got to know Dean, I just really like his personality, I like his intensity.
2: We're not looking to put a small on a on a big wound, Uh, and so we're going to do what we think is right, short and and long term.
1: Enter Chris Knobloch.
2: With that, obviously I'm excited to uh, introduce Chris Knobloch as the next head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, and obviously he's got roots here in in Edmonton, so... um, I think one of the bright young coaches in the National Hockey League and really excited to introduce uh, uh, Chris today as the next head coach of the Edmonton Oilers.
1: With one foot in the frying pan and the other one in a pressure cooker, the Oilers hired the former University of Alberta Golden Bear for his first NHL head coaching gig. Knobloch, 45, was head coach of the AHL's Hartford Wolfpack for the last five seasons. He spent two years as a Philadelphia Flyers assistant coach, but it was in Northwest Pennsylvania as head coach of the OHL's Erie Otters that he caught the attention of Oilers' CEO of Hockey Operations, Jeff Jackson. Yes, of course Knobloch coached Connor McDavid for two seasons in Erie, but he also shepherded on other clients of the former agent, such as Alex DeBrinkit, Travis Dermott, Ben Harper, Darren and Taylor Radish, and Connor Brown, that really made Jackson certain Knobloch was the right man to steady a sinking Oilers ship.
2: So the fact that I have this opportunity to be here with the Oilers back in Edmonton is um, really, really exciting for me.
1: It didn't take the Oilers long to spring back to life. To McDavid into the left wing circle, put it to the net, Hyman shoots and scores.
0: It's a power play goal, and the Oilers extend their lead to 4-1. to one.
1: From November 24th until December 12th, Edmonton rattled off eight straight wins to get back in the playoff picture.
2: ...sewers hold an opponent, 27 shots or less. They went going away 4-1. Bernard has the game's first goal, but Edmonton the next four.
1: They bludgeoned opponents, outscoring them by a 38-13 margin, and didn't lose a single high-danger scoring chance battle for a calendar month they were one win away from tying a franchise record. Along the way, Stuart Skinner found his game. Keep on grinding, never give up. So just a lot of that, a lot of per- perseverance as a complete group. The Oilers' power play rediscovered its chemistry after a Leon Dreisaitl group text message. Leon Dreisaitl finds it off the right side. It's another power play goal. It's 5 nothing Edmonton. And McDavid was back to doing McDavid things. What a play by Connor McDavid! And he's tied this game at two! But the Oilers arrive in New York City for their final two games before the Christmas break at a crossroads. After that eight game winning streak, they've fallen back to earth with three consecutive concerning losses, leaving some to wonder whether they really are back. I caught up with Knobloch during a busy road trip in New Jersey after practice to ask. Here's my conversation with the 18th coach of the Edmonton Oilers, Chris Knobloch. Chris Knobloch, uh, five weeks now at the helm of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, What's it been like? Do you feel more comfortable now than your first week as an NHL head coach?
2: Um, Yeah, definitely getting more uh, comfortable with the situation. Um, Ultimately, why I'm feeling more comfortable is just getting to know my my team, uh, my coaching staff, More importantly, just know the players and what they provide and what they need and, um, you know, certain players you need to talk to more often, give them information, uh, reminders of how they're supposed to be playing, what they can be working on. Um, But after my time here, you know, I'm getting more comfortable with my surroundings and what I need to be doing. But like I said before, I think it's more important that I've been getting to know the players.
1: You took over a team that maybe had some confidence struggles at the time. You've experienced some impressive highs, eight-game win streak. Now you've got a three-game losing streak that you're trying to battle out of. A lot of people are wondering, watching, what is the real baseline that we can come to expect for the Oilers? How do you get back to that sort of middle ground?
2: Everyone looks at the Edmonton Oilers and look at uh, the talent that we have. Leon Draisaitl, McDavid, Rouchard, and so on. Like We've got so many good, high-caliber hockey players, but... For us to be successful, it's a lot of just doing the little things right. And yes, you see the highlight goals and the unbelievable power play and stuff like that. But when we were going on our game winning streak, it was us doing the little things right, um, rolling the forward lines, everybody contributing, playing fast, checking hard, just a lot of things that uh, ultimately don't require a whole lot of talent. But it just takes a lot of uh, focus and dedication. And uh, when we get away from that, that's where we get into trouble. And you know, I think last three games we've lost all three and you know I, I do believe that we deserved a better fate not deserving to lose all three of those but you know that's that happens in NHL you can do everything right and still lose but um, I think we kind of got away from our identity playing that straight simple game and you know it sounds ironic that we're talking about playing simple and straightforward when you've got a McDavid and Dreisaitl on your team but we have to get back to that.
1: You mentioned straight and simple and one of the things that I noticed watching your team over the last few weeks has been a particular emphasis on efficient in transition you guys have really gotten up the ice pretty well the last number of weeks obviously part of that is the players you have at your disposal but has that been a particular area of emphasis for you so far?
2: Um, yeah, I know. We've encouraged our defensemen to make plays, getting up in the play. You know, I think we've done a pretty good job on the breakouts and um, getting into the forwards' hands. And a lot of that is on the transition, the neutral zone, is not holding on to the puck, not letting the opposition get set up. And I think a lot of teams stress that too. And I just want to play fast, get into our forwards' hands. Obviously, we've got some forwards that can be very dangerous on the counterattack. And why let the other team get set up? So. You know, I think our defense have done a pretty good job of that. Uh, something we still strive to get better at, but um, we're making progress.
1: Part of that has been making the simple play in your own end. Your defensemen, it seems like, have done a better job of that the last number of weeks. How has Paul Coffey helped them, you think, not just from a confidence perspective, but also in taking what's right in front of them?
2: Yeah, no, I think there's a calming voice back there, encouraging them, telling them what they need to do, no... Um, no gray with him. Like, he'll tell them what they need to do and not mean about it, but just very direct and the players don't take it personally and um, it's very um, positive. And you see the defensemen playing very well and a lot of that has to do with uh, what Paul's telling them. And a lot of the message is moving their feet. Moving their feet, skating, getting up in the play in the rush. We talked about that. But ultimately, more importantly, is they're checking their defensive play rather than pulling back and just protecting the middle of the ice we want our defense being a little more aggressive surfing and uh checking with their feet eliminating time and space and i think they've been doing a very good job and there's always a, a balance on playing assertively and recklessly and i think we've been playing assertively and um not getting to the reckless line
1: part of that is just work ethic and effort though right i mean when you look at this team and, and when the coaching change was made, that was something that Ken Holland kind of repeatedly talked about. Maybe the work ethic and effort wasn't there. Has that been more consistent for you, you think?
2: Well, usually when wins and losses come or if you're if you're working. And we've had more wins and losses. But as a coach, you're always pushing to be better. And, um, you know, I think during our game winning streak, it was there. Um, as you go on a winning streak, you get a little complacent just because things are going so well. And now, right now, if we're going to get out of it, we're going to have to uh, increase our our work work ethic.
1: I asked you how Paul Coffey is helping your defenseman. How is he helping you as a coach?
2: Great. Uh, You know, the coaching staff that I have with uh, Gullitson, Stewart, uh, Schwartz, you know, they've been buying an NHL bench or part of a staff for quite some time now. And they're, you know, they see it in the coach's perspective. And I think. Kauf has been perfect for us that he sees it you know a balance between the coaching staff and the players perspective and you know I think it's been good and um, you know we're just continuing to get to know each other and uh, seeing what strengths that we have but um, right now it seems like a pretty good balance.
1: Speaking of the get to know you stage and kind of getting past that at five weeks now you now have a real good handle of your lineup and who's in and who's out and you have a wing streak, and you're probably not making very many changes during that stretch if you can help it. But now you get to New Jersey on Thursday, tough lineup decision coming. It appears that Connor Brown's going to be out. How much do you think a, a reset might be able to help him get back on track after what was a long layoff uh, over the offseason?
2: Yeah, I know. Connor's been um, is a tremendous hockey player. I've known him for quite some time, coaching him in a junior, watching him closely in the NHL. He's a tremendous hockey player and he has been doing a lot of good things. Usually when a player like that gets pulled out, it's, he hasn't been playing well. He hasn't been doing anything right, and that's not the case. There's been a lot of positive things with him. It's been hard, him coming back from his injury from last year and then having a little setback with his injury, a different injury that he had to take a few games off You know, early on in the season, really stalled that, and he's been playing much better. But I think with the, the length of the season – just trying to have a reset for him and getting back on track. Because if we're going to have a successful season, um, he's going to have to be a big part of it. Um, he's a tremendous hockey player, good defensively, can chip in offensively, and that's been proven with his goal scoring, 220 20-goal seasons in his career, That's hopefully when he gets back in the lineup and if that's uh, against the Rangers or after uh, Christmas, that he'll be one of our better players.
1: When you have a player that's obviously talented that you know well and you trust but has gone so long without scoring and has had lots of chances, is that just one of those things where frustration maybe piles up?
2: Oh, absolutely. There's definitely frustration. He's fighting it. He's skating well. He's making plays. But I know there's more, and I just think, um, you know, as a player, it's about confidence and trying to find it. And hopefully this can be a a reset and his – new season can start when he gets back in the lineup
1: if there's another area of emphasis for you a lot of people have been talking about the secondary scoring support for this team you know who your stars are but how do you find a way to get more from the sort of bottom half of your forward group
2: yeah, no. I think every NHL team goes through that, and then they go through it because of the salary cap. And once you want you you want you establish scoring depth. You either have to trade it away, or you have to make changes to your lineup because you can't afford everything. So I would say probably the majority of the coaches in this league are are battling that. And yes, you want that scoring. Ultimately, you want pushing the pace and spending more time in the offensive zone than you are in the defensively. And we haven't been getting much scoring out of our third and fourth line. But they've been doing a pretty good job keeping it out of our net. So I've been happy with the amount of possession time that they've had and pushing it in the offensive zone. And there's that. But also there's also the long term. You look at about just being unfortunate. And you look at the shooting percentages of some of our players and they deserve better fates. And we were just talking about Connor Brown. and with the amount of chances that he has, he should have had a few goals go in. He's had some goalposts hit just recently, um, doing a lot of tremendous things. And I feel like that's kind of the story for a lot of our players, just not getting some breaks. And over the long run, you hopefully it'll work out. And um, yeah, that's what we're we're hoping, striving for.
1: You're always learning as a coach. Is there something that you've learned about this team that you might not have known from watching from afar?
2: No, I don't know. I just getting to know these players uh you know there's a lot of the players that you know i didn't know quite well um certainly see them on tv and you know of talking to other coaches what they provide and um but then there's some you just didn't know about um especially some of the younger players like hamlin's a example that you know i didn't see the others play very much didn't know much about them but as a coach you really appreciate him there's those other players like that and Leaning on the defense, I'd be another guy, a young player who's starting to find his way in the league and playing really well for us. So, But I guess as a learning curve for a coach, I think it's about scheduling and the timing and the practices and being efficient in your time because it's you're playing every second day. You just have to be really efficient. And In junior hockey in the American League, you might have a, w- a week to work on something or have heart-to-heart conversations with players or develop a message but uh, in the nhl it's you got to do something fast and move on
1: the schedule is a meat grinder but you were also kind of thrown into the grinder a team that needs to get some immediate results and you've gotten that you mentioned that you're kind of settling in have you been able to enjoy the ride as well
2: um i enjoyed the ride for a little bit um it was just um unbelievable you know get that an opportunity to be a head coach um, in the NHL and it's it's exciting. It's an absolutely really exciting great feeling but that wears off in a hurry and you are striving to for success with your team. Um, you're looking at the standings, you're looking at the end the goal line of making the playoffs and then seeing what you can do there. And right now it's almost head down concentrating on what we need to do today to get your team better
1: exciting results so far more to come looking forward to watching it all unfold thanks for your time thanks very much thanks to chris for his time during a busy road trip and thanks to oilers pr for arranging the interview you know chris is a soft-spoken guy as you can tell but the subtle changes that he's made with the oilers have already made a huge difference in edmonton's approach Knobloch gave him tons of credit, but I can't overstate the impact of Paul Coffey and Edmonton's turnaround as well. One of the best defensemen of all time demands a lot, but he can also instill a lot of confidence. That'll put a bow on Frankly Speaking for 2023. Thank you for making our one on one interview series a part of your regular rotation. And I can't wait to get rolling again in 2024. As we leave you with rolling on from the Murlocs. I'm sending you the very best of the holiday season from my family to yours.
0: Because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear. And you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.